This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We may have some of you that are watching today for the very first time. And I want to invite you to stay tuned today to our telecast. Some of you watch every time we're on the air. We appreciate that. Uh, Someone called me from Texas recently and said, I not only watch you at night, I get up early in the morning and watch the program in the morning as well. Well, we appreciate that. We're on twice a day, five days a week, at night and early in the morning. And we appreciate those of you that watch Getting to Know Your Bible. Today on our telecast, we want to discuss a subject that is found from a text in the Old Testament in 1 Kings, the 20th chapter, and in verse 28, we want to talk about the God of the hills as well as the valleys. We hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we'd offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize the course is free. It's no money involved. We don't ask for money on this telecast. And we want you to have the course so that you can increase your knowledge of the Bible. Jesus said that we need to know the truth. He said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The way that we come to have a knowledge of the truth is by studying the Bible, studying the truth of God. In order that you might know more about the Bible course, in order that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse 28, we have this reading. There came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. The Syrians thought that victory was theirs because they considered Jehovah God a God of the hills, but not a God of the valleys. You see, the the children of Israel were encamped in the valley. So Ben-Hadad, who was king of Syria, thought of the God of glory as their idolatrous gods. 
They, they thought God was just a God of the, of the hills, but that he would not be a God of the valleys. That You see, the Syrians had many gods. There are many heathen uh, nations and heathen people that have multiple gods and goddesses. And the Syrians limited God to helping the Israelites when they were on the top of the mountain, but not when they were in the valley. And what they thought is, is if we could only get them to fight us in the valley, then, then victory would be an easy thing. But they did not realize that God was not only the God of the mountains, but he was the God of the valleys. You see, the Syrians were mistaken. And they had a mistaken concept of God. And their mistake led to their defeat. Let me ask a question. What is our conception of God? Do we think of God as operating in certain areas of our life, but not in other areas of our life? Like the Syrians, do we try to restrict and do we try to compartmentalize God? Do we think of him as being the God of the hills? But he's not the God of the valleys. Is he the God of Abraham and Isaac and Paul? But not our God? When, when we think of God, do, do we really think, do we really believe that he will do for us today what he did for those heroes of faith. God did for them just what they allowed him to do. And here's the, the thing we need to understand about God. He'll do the very same thing for us. You see, according to Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, God is no respecter of persons. And if we're faithful... God is going to bless us with a peace that passes understanding, Philippians 4, 7. And he was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Paul and many others. And he will do for us today just what he did for them. Is our God a God of sickness and not of health? We are all conscious of God and our need of him when we're ill or when we're in serious trouble. We, we, we pray to God and we ask God to help us and we expect his aid in time of illness. But what do we expect of God when we're well, when we have good health? Paul was in the valley when he prayed for the removal of his thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. They had been given to him this thorn in the flesh. And three times Paul prayed for God to remove it. Paul was in the valley. And he learned that God was the God of the valleys and of the hills. Because God's answer to his prayer was this. 
My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. See, he knew God was God of the valleys and of the hills. As he wrote in Philippians 4 and verse 19, My God shall supply all your needs. But is he a God of burdens, but not a God of comfort? You see, we turn to God when we have great burdens to bear, and rightly so. Uh, Psalms 55 and 22 says, Cast thy burden on the Lord, and he'll sustain thee. But, but what about the times when life seems to be going our way? It is so easy. It is so easy to forget him when life is going our way. Deuteronomy 32 and 15 is talking about Israel in the Old Testament. When he says that Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. To wax fat simply means that he prospered. And so many times, prosperity leads people away from God. Job was in the valley, and he, he knew that he had been put to the test. But he knew God as God not only of the hills, but he knew God was the God of the valleys as well. You see, in Job, the first chapter, we're told that, that Job did not charge God foolishly. He did not blame God for what was happening to him. But rather, he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He indeed is the God of the valleys and a God of the hills. But is he a God on Sunday, but not a God for the rest of the week? Now, I would trust that all of us recognize Sunday as being the Lord's day. Revelation 1 and 10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Well, what is that day? It is indeed his day. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead upon the first day of the week. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 1. And it was upon the first day of the week that the church of the New Testament had its beginning, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It was upon the day of Pentecost, and the day of Pentecost occurred upon the first day of the week. It was upon the first day of the week that the first recorded gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission was preached by the Apostle Peter. And it was upon the first day of the week that the first fruits of the gospel were produced in the city of Jerusalem. It was on the Lord's day, and it is His day. I want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture in the 118th Psalm. And I want to read beginning in verse number uh, 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, I will go in unto them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord enter into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused 
is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And then listen to verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It was Jesus Christ who opened the gates of righteousness. Verse 19 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. And he did indeed open the gates of righteousness. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Bible said he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we should be made the righteousness of God through him. And he opened the gates of righteousness, and it is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous enter. Notice verse 20. This is the gate of the Lord. What is the gate of the Lord? The gates of righteousness. And the righteous enter in through that gate. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and shall find pasture. It is in Jesus Christ uh, that where we find salvation. And it is in Jesus Christ that men are made righteous. In Romans the 6th chapter, verses 17 and 18, Paul said, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being made then free from sin, we became the servants of righteousness. Then when we enter that gate, we're saved. Verse 21, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. But all people do not accept that offer of salvation. Verse 22, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42, the Bible says, Have you not read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same was become head of the corner. Friends, all of this was in God's eternal plan. Notice in verse number 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous. It is marvelous in our eyes. And the Jesus Christ dying upon the cross that men might be made righteous that men might have salvation was in God's plan. Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 10 and 11, to the intent now that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose, the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ became the chief of the cornerstone when he was raised from the dead upon the first day of the week. Paul wrote in Ephesians, the first chapter, hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And hence, being raised from the, on the first day of the week, to be exalted as the head of the church, it indeed is His day. And it is my conviction that in verse 24, the psalmist is talking about the Lord's day. This is the day which the Lord hath made. What day? The first day of the week. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. And so we do recognize the first day of the week as the day upon which we worship Him. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In Acts 20 and 7, upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. So we recognize Him as God on the first day of the week. But let me ask you this question. Is He our God the rest of the week? What about the rest of the week? Is He the God of the hills but not of the valleys in our lives? Do, do we try to compartmentalize God in our lives like the Syrians tried to do in the long ago? You, you see, our walk as a Christian is to be seven days per week. Not just Sunday. In Luke the ninth chapter and verse 23, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, every day is a day that we live with Jesus Christ. He's not just our, our Lord on Sunday, but not the rest of the week. God is not just our God on Sunday and not the rest of the week. We can't pigeonhole God like that. We serve Him and we are conscious of His presence every day of our life. We should be. Why, in Acts the ninth chapter and verse 31, the Bible says, Then had all the churches rest throughout Judea and Samaria, walk in the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and were multiplied. What were these people doing? They were walking in the fear of God and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. They were conscious of the presence of God in their life every day. And so should we be. But is he a God of wrath, but not a God of love and mercy? You see, the, the, the God of the Bible is pictured as being a God of wrath and vengeance. And indeed he is. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. But it's revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So God's wrath is revealed against those who would suppress the truth about God and the truth of God. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in the 7th verse, Paul writes about the wrath of God. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Our, the God of the Bible is a God of wrath, 
and a God of vengeance. But friends, there's another side to him. Romans eleven twenty two asks the question, or talks about the goodness and the severity of God. Think about his goodness. He is so good. He sent his son to save man from wrath. Think about it. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? To save sinners. And then he said, of whom I am chief. In Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now listen to verse 9. Being much more than justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath through him. There, there's a God, God is a God of love and he's a God of mercy. But he's also a God of wrath and a God of vengeance. And sometimes we only think about him as a God of wrath, but not a God of love and mercy. But think about his goodness. There's the goodness of God, and, the, and, and God also can be very severe. Je God was motivated out of love and mercy when he sent Jesus into this world. He is rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 verse 4. Titus 3 and 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. Our God is a merciful God. And he extends forgiveness to all of those that are willing to accept forgiveness. In the Old Testament, he was just the same God, willing to extend forgiveness to people. He said, Come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So God has always wanted to, give, to extend forgiveness to people that were willing to accept it. And He is the same God today. And so do we see Him as a loving, forgiving God? Do we see him as a God not only of the valleys but of the hills? Do we see him only as a God of vengeance and, and, and wrath but not see him as a God of love and mercy? But, but is he a God of time but not of eternity? Now very likely most of the people that are watching our telecast now believe in God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. We, we acknowledge Him now. But so many people fail to give consideration to what is going to come after life. You see, the majority of people believe to some degree in a being that we call God. Why, nature teaches that there is a God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Conscience tells us that there is a moral regulator of our lives. Even common sense tells us there must be a God. Hebrews 3 and 4 says, Every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. That's just common sense. But here's the question. Do, do we live in a way that suggests our deep conviction that we're going to deal with God in eternity. 
Do we just think he's the God of the here and now and not the God of the after a while? Like the Syrians, do you just think he's the God of the hills but not the God of the valleys? The rich fool did not think about God in this way. He thought about God only in this life. While he laid up treasure for himself, he was not rich toward God. The rich man in Luke the 16th chapter did not think that he was the God of, of the after a while only of this life. And he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Felix did not see him that way when Paul preached the gospel to Felix in Acts 24. He said, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season I'll call for thee. And many of you may be looking for this the right time to become a Christian. I don't know whether you'll ever find it unless you really, really believe in God. You see, we rise or we fall according to our conception of God. He not only is God of the hills, He is the God of the valleys. And may we have the proper view of the God of heaven. We cannot put God in a box. We, we cannot put God in this compartment and then our life in another compartment. But God is the God of all of our life or none of our life. And I want to urge you to give your life to him today. Solomon said it best, remember now thy creator. And he indeed is our creator. And we need to remember him. We remember him by thinking on him, by, by meditating on his word, and by obeying his word. Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Have you obeyed the gospel? Are you a Christian today? I'd urge you to become one by believing on Jesus, by repenting of your sins, by confessing faith in Christ, by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Do it because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16, verse 16. May God help us to see our God not only as the God of the hills, but the God of the valleys, the God of all of our life. May we have the proper view of Him today. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 205-336-7000.
1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.